I'm Dean Murdoch, and this is Amazing Places. Welcome to another episode of Amazing Places. My guest today is two-term mayor of View Royal, David Screech. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for joining. You've been quite vocal on uh, transportation issues in the Capital Region. I know years back when we when we both sat on the uh, Capital Regional Board together, you were quite vocal about uh, the formation of, uh, of transportation responsibilities at the Regional Board. And it looks like that kind of advocacy continues. I guess right off the bat, the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure, just before the provincial election was called, released uh, the much-anticipated South Island Transportation Strategy. And I know, well, you had a number of comments about that strategy, and I'd love for you to, to share them with us. Well, I think it, it mainly is a, is a rehashing of a lot of things that we are already doing. And, and that, you know, like one of them that jumps out at me is expanding our regional network of trails. And, and that's something the CRD has been a, a leader on for years. And actually, so has the CVRD. A lot of talk about bicycle lockers, um, bus lanes, which we know is, is well underway. And, and, I, and I think what bothers me, I mean, those are all good ideas. And obviously, we're fully supportive of them. But what bothers me is that there's no visionary thinking, looking down the road 20, 30, 40 years in a, in a fast-growing region, in a fast-growing island, of how we're going to move people around. And not only people, but also goods around. You know, like rail is put off as a long-term consideration. Any marine connections are put off as a long-term con um, consideration. But there's no criteria around that to suggest when we should even start planning for those or budgeting for them. Or so I think in general, I was disappointed. I was expecting more. The minister had certainly led us to believe that there would be more in this plan that we could really hang our hat on. And, and I think that's why I was disappointed when it when it came out just before the election to very little fanfare. What were you hoping to see in the shorter term? We would love to see a commitment to invest in, in South Island in transportation infrastructure. The, the 13 mayors all wrote a letter in 2017, and then we actually had a meeting at the legislature with the Minister of Transportation, and, and we expressed our frustration around how transportation decisions are made on the island, um, in our region particularly. And, and we were you know, assured that this study was going to answer a lot of our questions and, and provide the blueprint for moving forward. So on the basis of that, we, we kind of backed off because the, the study was underway and you know we thought that's great, that, that this is a serious thing that, that is going forward and, and we'll wait and we'll get the answers. And so I think that again led to the disappointment because obviously as we look to the future, we, we have to come up with alternative modes of transportation and we we have to think differently. We had specifically asked the minister to look at the governance of transportation decisions on the South Island again, not just the CRD, but actually the South Island from the Nimo South, you know, because we see that as another obstacle to how decisions are made. And she declined to add a governance portion. I think in general, I'm just disappointed that I don't really think in the higher level of government, 
that anyone is taking these the transportation issues on South Vancouver Island seriously. And when, you know, with climate change and all the things we're grappling with today, it's just the perfect opportunity to do so. And we should be a leader. We shouldn't be playing catch up down the road. So I was just hoping for, for a whole lot more. And, and um, I'm certainly going to continue to ask for a whole lot more. I saw that you and 10 of your regional colleagues have put together a questionnaire for the parties, uh, those who are seeking to, to form government after the provincial election. And uh, there were three main issues I think that you drew attention to, but one of those in particular was transportation in the South Island. What is the question you're asking of them? We asked for an acknowledgement that transportation issues on South Vancouver Island are indeed a major issue and, and something that needs to be addressed. We asked for a commitment to funding infrastructure on, on South Vancouver Island, and we asked for provincial help in setting up some sort of transportation governance body. And I don't know if that would just be for the CRD or possibly even Nanaimo South, um, but really our ask is for the CRD. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I want to make it clear that I'm not a believer in amalgamation. I never have been. And I think we do many things really well in the CRD decision-making wise. And I think we've shown with housing and, um, I won't mention sewage treatment, but all, all sorts of issues that we can work well together. But we're not doing well on the transportation file. You know, the, the announcements and decisions and improvements that come are made in a somewhat ad hoc fashion, depending on whose riding it is at that point in time. You know, we don't have a prioritized list of different improvements of what we would like to see happen. There's just so many ways that we're failing in terms of governing transportation decisions on a region-wide basis. And clearly, at least it seems clear to me, we can't do it ourselves. We've tried, I think, three times, and it takes the agreement of all 13 councils, and we haven't been able to get there. So we need the province to come to the table and say, you know, this is our goal and we're gonna get there this time and, and do it collectively. I'm not saying the province should bring a heavy hammer to the table, but I'm just saying we may need a bit more gentle persuasion from them to, to get it done. And if that doesn't work, I actually think we should go to a regional referendum on it. You know, I think it's that important that we just can't let it go again, um, that somehow in the next short while, we need to get a definitive decision on this and, and some sort of governance body that can then look to the for, forward and answer all the questions about what is the vision for the CRD moving forward? You know, What do we wanna see happen? How are we gonna make it happen? Are we gonna have a region-wide DCC on new development all those different questions that at the moment are just all, all in limbo because nobody is taking charge. Do you think it's that lack of uh, agreement among the 13 municipalities in the capital region that has allowed the province to dodge this issue for so long? Yes. Yeah, I don't think there's much doubt about that. And even in, we've had responses back from the the different parties and even in the the response from the NDP, they kind of suggest that if all 13 of us will agree on a process, they'd be happy to facilitate it. You know, which is wonderful, I'm glad to hear it, but that's not really what we're looking for. We're looking if 11 of 13 agree, 
how do we get the other two on on board? And and I think you're right. I think that, that the current sort of lack of cohesiveness has allowed successive governments, not just the NDP, but the Liberals before them, to to not listen to us because we're not making that unified ask of, of the investments that, that we want. What do you think is going on that has meant that there is no no coordination, there's been no ability to get 13 municipalities to agree on on priorities, never mind a governance structure, but what has frustrated the process to get to agreement on priorities? Well, I mean, I think the last time round we had either 10 or 11, so we had most of it. I, I think it's a variety of issues. Some of it is just a genuine distrust of the CRD, you know, that they're worried that if they give the CRD the the power with a new service that the the, the tax height will be considerable. Some of it is, uh, you know, just not wanting to lose any control within their own municipal boundaries. Although that's never, that whole discussion has never even taken place of exactly what the transportation service would, would govern. And it would be far more likely to be the, the major provincial arteries and main roads. Um, so, but I, but I think it's those two issues and, and also maybe just a little bit of a fear of the unknown. Like if we launch this service, where exactly is it going? And of course, those are difficult questions to answer. And I even understand some of them, but I, I just think that if we can't form the service, if we can't provide the forum to have those discussions in a meaningful way, then how can we possibly make progress? So that's where I think we need we need help setting it up. And again, why maybe we do need to go to a regional referendum and ask the residents, because I'm I'm virtually certain that the residents would tell us overwhelmingly that they think there should be some sort of unified governance structure for transportation decisions. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I do think that I think that people are are quite frustrated, particularly people who commute through and from your your part of the capital region. They're they're faced with a number of commuting frustrations and have limited options, limited alternatives in order to to get around. You know, even driving to Oak Bay Village, just for argument's sake, compared to years ago, I mean the 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 volume of vehicles and cars that is on the road is is astounding the the growth over, over the years but yeah absolutely i i always point to our airport you know we have an international airport that in normal times is a very busy airport and you know having been to many different airports around the world i mean our our transit service to the airport is just pathetic you know it, it's just terrible and and again a, a, a unified body may look at that and seriously think, you know, what do we do to improve the transportation service to and to and from the the airport? And of course I will, you know, without wanting to go on about rail specifically, um, but I'm a big advocate of the rail, but it it drives me crazy that in 2003, local government protected the the ENN corridor from here to Courtney. Um, it would have been lost if it was up to the senior levels of government. Canadian Pacific was set to sell it off, you know, and they, we made a concerted effort to do tax receipts and to establish the foundation, protect the corridor. And here it sits, you know, 18 years later, we're not using it. Um, 
So let's figure it out and, and let's use it. And that's a prime example of where some, some funds could be invested in that corridor just to, to start a, a process of, of some sort of revitalization. And I think when, again, when you look 20, 30, 40 years down the road, that rail on Vancouver Island is going to be a no brainer. I will say that one of the upshots from the local governments taking over responsibility for the corridor uh, was the utilization of that corridor for active transportation, which I think has been a major shot in the arm. I know a very well utilized trail, that ENN trail, um, and certainly has been a significant benefit to uh, regional commuters. And that trail now, well, it may not be quite complete, but very soon will be complete right to Langford because then the last phase is being done between here and Langford, which is exciting and it is incredibly well used. Uh, and that is part of, I know, uh, the strategy that the province released was advocating or recommending more of those kinds of intermunicipal connections, which I think they clearly see as a positive and where Greater Victoria has clearly served as a model with the Galloping Goose and Lockside Trail. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess part of what I find frustrating with that being in the study is, you know, the CRD board and you were on it at the time, we actually decided to borrow the final, I don't know, it was seven or $8 million to complete the ENN trail. Um, and we did that with, without provincial grants or federal grants for that portion because the local politicians saw the value of getting it done. So then to have a provincial study tell us we should be expanding the regional trail networks is maybe a little hard to swallow, but. I can appreciate that, although maybe that's uh, an offer that they'd have money on the table for the next next expansion. Yes, well, that, that's certainly true. Yeah, for sure. In your view, what kind of governance model would you want to see? Are you thinking something like a TransLink or something that would be more like the Regional Transit Commission? What, what's going to help solve this problem? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a very interesting question. I mean, my goal at the CRD always was to just get a service set up and a, and a committee that had a little bit of a budget so that we could answer those questions. I remember Minister Fassbender saying to me, you know, be careful what you wish for because you're going to end up with a TransLink. You know, TransLink may have a bad reputation in some ways, but they've also, they've done a whole lot of very good work and good things in Vancouver, and they've made things happen. So I'm not convinced a body like that is a bad idea. Um, there was talk of a mayor's panel, which essentially would be a TransLink. There was some talk of adding it to the current BC Transit Board's realm of authority. The problem with that is that there's the the representation there is not really uniform there's not a lot of diverse representation from the different municipalities you know i i mean to begin with i would be quite happy to have a, a crd committee like the other crd committees and and to kind of let it evolve and and see where it goes um or and maybe in the long run we do have a south island transportation authority of, of some sort that is overseeing transit, you know, the major provincial arteries, the ENN corridor, you know, and all, and all those, those different things. So it's, it's a hard question to answer. I just, again, I don't, if we don't have the discussions, we can't get to wherever we're going to be comfortable with. 
if you were in the position of being the next transportation minister, in addition to creating some kind of governance structure, what would be your first act in solving the region's transportation challenges? Well, I think I would want to dust off from years ago the, you know, there was a, an LRT plan that was done by BC Transit many years ago, which had service along the Douglas Street corridor and a branch out to UVic. It was expensive, but I think I would want to dust that off and have a look at it. The E&M rail, even from, you know, maybe Duncan South would be a priority for me. I, I know it's a lot of money, but when you compare it to what a kilometer of SkyTrain or something is in Greater Vancouver, it's, it's almost peanuts in comparison. And I think in its investment, we, we need to do. And I would want the, re, you know, one of the things that really bothers me is that, because, again, because we don't have a unified body, we don't go to big employers like D&D, for example, and say, how can we work with you to have shift changes you know, that happen at different times? What benefits can you offer your employees who decide to take transit or, or ride a bike? You know, so we're not doing any of that with any of our big employers, the transportation demand type strategies that I know of. And I think that's an area we're really missing the boat. So if I was minister, I, I would love to see that sort of thing happen. I think it's just more just the awareness that the way we're going can't continue, that, that the gridlock is getting worse. The number of cars being registered on Vancouver Island compared to the number of new homes is startling, right? Check Six did a, an, an investigation into it last year and they, they actually tracked the number of new homes that have been built and then the number of new vehicles. And, and the difference was just, it was mind boggling. So how many families that used to be one or two vehicle families are now three, four or five vehicle families? You know, and how we counter all those things, how we reward carpooling, you know, it's so much more than just roads and whether we get the ENN rail. I just think we need to look at everything holistically and, and say, how, how do we make things better to keep Vancouver Island, Southern Vancouver Island, you know, one of the best places to live in the world, which it is. Um, and we've got to do everything we can to protect that. I noticed that the strategy talked about 73% uh, of commuters move about the region by automobile, either as the driver or as the passenger, which is staggering. I mean, that is an incredible number of people who on a daily basis or, or nearly daily basis are in an automobile as a means of getting around in a region where it seems to be that you should be able to get around by a number of other viable options. What do you think the limiting factor is there? Why are so many people traveling by automobile? Yeah, it is an amazing, amazing number for sure. And I mean, I guess a large part of it is, of course, because of land values, we're, we're putting the younger people further. And, and when I'm saying younger, I mean younger families. You know, we're putting them further and further west. And of course, with children and sports and school and all those things, they're, they're, they're using their vehicles more. I mean, our transit service, I think we have done a very good job, but you hear horror stories all the time, pass-ups, full buses, you know, and, and the gas tax is an interesting point too, when you, when you look at Southern Vancouver Island being neglected, when I think we get five cents a liter, four or five, I, I'm not absolutely sure. And I believe on the lower mainland, 
it's maybe 17 cents per liter that they they put towards their transit so why is that you know we we almost had to get down on hands and knees to get just an extra penny a couple of years ago on on the gas tax and if that was reworked and and rejigged with more funding could we improve transit and, and maybe get some of those people out of their cars and on to better transit service i mean i talk to people quite regularly who won't take transit for the reasons that I just mentioned, that the, the, the schedules don't work or that they're full buses and they're left sitting there and they're late for work. So rather than take a chance, they, they simply take their cars. I'd argue, uh, or at least my take on the situation uh, that you, you mentioned with respect to the gas tax and the having to plead with the ministry or the minister to get permission to increase that tax, is it's we're still victims of the same problem. There isn't a coherent approach to how we're going to grow the ridership, how we're going to make transit a much more dominant form of commuter travel. And without a, a strategy that maps that out, I mean, transit has its transit future plan, but without a real action plan for how you're gonna grow that ridership, if you were the, the Minister of Finance or the Minister of Transportation, you would likely view that with suspicion too. What are you planning to do with that money that's gonna be a solid return on investment in terms of moving people around in the region? Yeah, no, I think that that's a fair enough point as well. And that does just come back to the need for that cohesive vision and, and for how that'll move us forward for sure. What's next? Uh, you've put the questionnaire out, you know, you've responded to the strategy. What's the next step in order to, to make something happen? Well, I think when the new government is sworn in that the 13 mayors will, you know, as, as soon as is sort of politely possible, ask for, a, ask for a meeting with the new, on our three points, ask for a meeting with the respective ministers and just once again, make a, a plea, especially on the transportation you know, even a, just something as simple as a high-ranking deputy minister or somebody to come and, and sit and work with us and CRD staff, possibly. I'm not sure what it's going to take. At the CRD itself, there is some discussion on whether we should revive the transportation committee. There was a select transportation committee that the, the current chair decided to fold waiting for the South Island transportation plan. So there's some talk now that perhaps that committee should be reformed to try and spark uh, some sort of movement from the regional board. I think that will happen. Um, and I think we all need to continue to be out, outspoken. Then there is money the federal government is announcing and the provincial government is announcing for revitalization pro projects and getting back on our feet. And so you know, this may well be the time to look at making some investments in, in the region. And step one in order to get access to that funding would be some kind of agreement on the top priority for the region. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think also some sort of, you know, with the help of, of engineers and expert advice, some sort of ranking of, of what, what's going to make the biggest difference short term and, and what's going to make the biggest difference long term. You know, and so we have a, a graded thing that we can look at and we know what we have to fund and we have a rough idea of the years and, um, and all those things. And that's what we need. And we take that to the, to the minister and, um, and take it from there. Well, I know that the frustrated commuters in this region are grateful for your advocacy. Yeah, thank you.
And I get the sense that there's a, a lot more cohesiveness and, and drive behind, you know, with us at the CRD board and between the mayors to come up with some solutions. David Screech is the mayor of View Royal and longtime advocate for transportation fixes for the Lower Island. David, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you, Dean. I was happy to do it. This has been another episode of Amazing Places. I'm Dean Murdoch. Thanks for listening.